From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4 B. This is the WIA National News for week commencing March 30, 2014, an excitement-packed edition. And Melbourne Grammar School certainly had excitement this week. An amateur radio on the International Space Station program contact took place Tuesday at the Melbourne Grammar School. The Year 5s contacted KC5ZTA, commander on the ISS, and received valuable insights into life in space. The school's science curriculum is under the guidance of Amanda Masters, who, in her speech, welcomed senior CSIRO staff, Melbourne Planetarium Director and 120 relatives. On the ham scene eagerly taking part were Tony Wise, VK3TON, and his son Alex, VK3FALX, having only been qualified for a few months via classes at the EMDRC. Mentioning the EMDRC also involved were the EMDRC's Jack, VK3, Whiskey, 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 and Ralph, VK3, Lima, Lima. They were making a video with WIA director Robert, VK3DN, on the audio knobs and recording. <laughs> More than 250 radio communication leaders from across the Asia-Pacific region will be here in Brisbane from the 9th to the 13th of June for the third Asia-Pacific Telecommunity Preparatory Group Summit for the lead-up to the next International Telecommunication Union World Radio Communication Conference to be held in 2015. World Radio Communication Conferences are held every three to four years to review and revise the ITU radio regulations. This treaty-level document governs the use of radio frequency spectrum across the globe, including by means of geostationary and non-geostationary satellites. The Asia-Pacific Preparatory Group Summit for the WRC is the most significant activity undertaken by the APT. The event has only been held in Australia once before, that in 1999. Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, represents the WIA during discussions about ITU World Radio Communications Conference agenda items with the ACMA, and he is also a member of the Australian delegations that attend the ITU and regional group meetings. Dale, VK1DSH, says that at this meeting there will be a number of amateurs who are members of their national delegations covering amateur issue, delegates from the IARU and other amateurs who are covering other non-amateur WRC issues as part of the national delegations or APT sector members. The meeting is hosted by the Australian Communications and Media Authority and supported by the Australian Government Department of Communications. Wireless microphone users will have more flexibility and be able to use their devices in more places under proposals being considered by the ACMA. ACMA has published a consultation paper seeking comments on proposed amendments to regulation affecting wireless microphone users. Interested parties have until April 27 this year to submit their response to the proposed changes. From January 1, 2015, wireless microphones need to be retuned or replaced. If they can't be retuned, they can't be legally used after January 1, 2015. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print 
when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. WIA Board Talk. Getting ready for the PR for Amateur Radio Expo. There are about 10 days to go before the start of Wireless Institute of Australia's campaign to raise awareness of the diverse activities of modern amateur radio. The clubs and organisations with a demonstration station in the PR for Amateur Radio Expo will showcase our hobby as a recreational and educational pursuit that is easily accessible to people of all ages and abilities. The WIA directors and all radio amateurs can give their support. Please warmly engage those at a CQ Expo demonstration station by getting on air. The PR for Amateur Radio Expo on April 11, 12 and 13 is promoted in the April edition of Amateur Radio Magazine with full details at the What's On page of wia.org.au. Hi, I'm Bob, VK306, Federal Awards Manager. In February... 2013, due to my extreme frustration with the hand hydraulic XL application forms for awards, Mark Hillman, VK3OHM, developed an XL macro which imported an ADI file. It also included checking of call signs at club log and electronic validation of both EQSL and logbook of the world QSL. This was a giant leap forward in terms of speed and accuracy and reducing the workload of submitters and award committee alike. As good as it was, there was still a lot of back and forth with spreadsheets getting lost also. Not everyone was had Excel so they could not apply. In mid-December 2013, Mark developed a fully online system and it was introduced. This is so far proving to be a bigger leap forward than the previous one. I suspect we have the fastest and most reliable award system in the world. It allows, requires, the submitter to fully validate all his QSOs before submitting an award. The system also calculates which awards are qualified for. When the committee receives the application, it has already been fully validated. There is no back and forth on applications. They can't get lost and you don't need Excel to use it. It is intuitively obvious to use, but as a new user coming to it, Mark and I and myself are keen to get your feedback on how it works. To participate, you need to be a WA member, register with MemNet and have an internet, also an electronic logging system to upload ADIF files to the online award system. We also welcome, at this stage, our newest awards committee member, Paul VK5 Popper Alpha Sierra, who has recently been appointed by the ARRL as VK's second checkpoint for the DXCC program. Congratulations, Paul. Good morning, 73s. This is Bob of VK3SX. What use is an F call? This week I learned something that you can only learn by doing it. As you know, I operate a mostly portable station, that is, hardly ever from home, regularly via battery power, and connected to a 12-metre squid pole, think fishing rod on steroids, somewhere around the metro area. My contacts are pretty regular, generally one or more per session, Mind you, some sessions might go for several hours, but contacts and listening nonetheless. I realised recently that I've been operating my own station much more than other stations. My radio rather than others, my antenna rather than those built or purchased by other amateurs. I've come to realise that just like when you learn to drive a car, it pays to drive in someone else's car once in a while. So last week I did exactly that. 
I did combinations of my radio and their antenna, as well as using their station as presented. Of course, I did turn the power down to 5 watts, no point in making a contact that doesn't count towards my DXCC, hi hi. I had lots of fun learning about other radios, but also learning and hearing the difference between different antennas. Stations that I could hear on one antenna, I could barely hear, or not at all, on another. And typically, for amateur radio, that didn't always repeat. It's not a case that this antenna is better than that one, just that this antenna fits the conditions better than that one right now. And right now keeps changing. So, if you get the opportunity to use another antenna or another station, grab the opportunity with both hands. You'll learn lots and have a ball doing it. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. A sign of the times, but will it spread? Jim, VK3PC, tells us that three amateur radio repeaters in Britain are being turned off overnight, presumably to save expenditure on their power bills. Many repeater groups elsewhere are faced with dramatically increasing costs, including site fees, licences, insurance, maintenance and power. The Leicestershire Repeater Group has taken the bold step to limit the hours of its repeaters on 2 metres GB3CF, 70 centimetres GB3LE, 6 metres GB3UM and ATV repeater GB3GV to conserve club funds. These are now switched off between 10pm and 5am local time, but the club beacons will continue to operate 24 hours a day. Is this an option open to others who have repeaters? In the case of the Leicestershire Repeater Group, a dwindling membership which supports the repeaters is blamed. The same could be experienced by others who may now consider rationalisation or time-limiting repeaters to reduce the growing drain on their finances. Bletchley Park, Colossus at 70. The National Museum of Computing at Bletchley Park has celebrated the 70th anniversary of the world's first electronic computer, Colossus. Radio amateur Tony E. Sale, who passed away in 2011, started the project to rebuild Colossus in 1993 and it was completed in 2007. In the early 1950s, Tony was a research assistant at Marconi's Laboratories where he was an assistant to Peter Wright, author of Spycatcher, on research into Doppler radar. In 1944, Colossus Mark I made its first attack on a German Lawrence enciphered message at Bletchley Park, UK. In 2014, Colossus veterans, their relatives and guests, watched a reenactment of the breaking of Lawrence from intercept to decrypt. VK7 Local News has reported that 70s toy, Rubik's Cube, has been solved in less than four seconds. This is the machine you've been waiting for to tidy up those partially solved Rubik's Cubes rattling around somewhere in your shack. The Cube Stormer 3 robot set a new world record at the Big Bang Science Fair in Birmingham, UK recently. It solved the Cube in 3.253 seconds. Cube Stormer 3 is the result of some 18 months design work by co-inventors David Gilday, a principal engineer, and Mike Dobson, a security systems engineer. With the robot performing physical operations quicker than the human eye, can see there's always an element of risk, said David. Our big challenge now is working out if it's possible to go even faster.
The robot uses a Samsung Galaxy S4 smartphone. The phone camera analyzes the cube, works out the sequence of moves, then controls four robotic hands to work their magic. RSGB Annual Construction Competition The annual RSGB Construction Competition encourages home construction experimentation, design and innovation. Any member of the RSGB is eligible to enter. Winners in each category will be awarded prizes and the Pat Hawker G3VA Trophy will be awarded to the best overall entry. Projects must have an amateur radio context. Examples might include receivers, transmitters, transceivers, aerials, instrumentation, test equipment, etc. Projects must be home constructed, tested, complete and working. Entrants must demonstrate the functionality of their entry by either providing a short video showing it working or by demonstrating it working to the judges at the RSGB convention. Underwater Wi-Fi may help predict tsunamis. Researchers are in the process of testing a new underwater Wi-Fi-like network in attempts to create what amounts to a deep-sea internet, one that researchers claim could help detect tsunamis and therefore offer a more reliable warning system. One that researchers claim could help detect tsunamis and thereby offer a more reliable warning system. Unlike traditional Wi-Fi, which uses radio waves, the submerged technology utilizes sound waves. This is because radio is able to penetrate water to some degree, but with severely limited range and stability. But the research team from the University of Buffalo notes that sound waves provide a better option as demonstrated by many aquatic species, such as whales and dolphins. Wireless communication underwater has been possible for some time, but the problem lies in getting separate systems used by different organizations to communicate with each other. The United States National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration does use acoustic waves to send data from tsunami sensors on the seafloor to buoys on the surface. However, due to infrastructure differences, this data cannot be shared quickly with other information gathered by other agencies such as the U.S. Navy. For that reason, the University of Buffalo researchers are attempting to create a shared standard to make interaction and data sharing and public warning more reliable. NASA has installed an upgrade operating system on its Curiosity Martian rover, and in the process, it's given the far-off explorer the ability to take selfies. For those few of you who may not have ever heard the term, selfie is slang for a picture that one takes of him or herself and usually posts to some social media website. And while the rover now has the ability to take selfies, NASA explained the rationale behind this move is to permit it to examine the effects of wear and tear on the rover's wheels through photos radioed back to Earth. Jim Erickson is with NASA's Jet Propulsion Center in Pasadena, California. He says the reason for making the self-photographic system available is to help better understand the impact that the Martian terrain type has on the rover's wheels to help with planning future drive systems. The upgrade is the third such for Curiosity, which NASA says remains in working condition. Once the update is fully tested, NASA says it will order the rover to do a series of test drives in smooth dirt to determine exactly how much wear the wheels are experiencing. And finally this week, researchers from the Surrey Space Center in England have launched a unique campaign that will enable members of the public, including radio amateurs, a chance to make a virtual trip into space for only about 70 United States dollars. Amateur Radio Newsline's Heather Emby, KB3TZD. The Surrey Space Center's virtual ride to space will use cutting-edge virtual technology and a specially designed spacecraft to deliver a three-dimensional immersive experience that will allow everyone to see what astronauts experience on their way to space. The experience will be created by capturing high-definition video footage using a weather balloon which will carry a cluster of 24 cameras to a height of about 65,000 feet. During the ascent, these cameras will capture panoramic footage of the balloon's journey to space. 
Following the flight and retrieval of the camera payload, a specialized software package will be used to stitch the footage together to recreate a panoramic view of the space trip. The subsequent space ride will then be viewed using a state-of-the-art virtual reality head-mounted display. The system is designed to deliver high-definition, three-dimensional virtual environments that can be explored by the wearer as if they're in space themselves. Dr. Aaron Knoll is the lead researcher from the University of Surrey. He indicates that the Surrey virtual ride to space will give all aspiring astronauts a chance to be a virtual passenger, riding the balloon into space at far less cost than actually making such a trip in any other way. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD in Berwick, Pennsylvania. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4 FUQ, Dateline 2014. WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint, May 3. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day, the ID Contest, August 16 and 17. Manly Warringah Radio Society's Flagpole Contest, September. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, nine days from September 28. Good morning, this is Dennis, VK4AE, WIA Coordinator for the John Moyle Memorial Field Day, 2014. So far, the number of logs that have been submitted is more than for the same period last year. This is a welcome change. However, you must remember that even though you have taken part in the contest and actually given out a few numbers to help along a couple of stations, you really are obliged to actually submit your log. It is only in this way that these contacts can be verified. The rule change that required every station who works the same station more than five times has proved a two-edged sword. While the number of logs submitted has increased, some stories abound of stations refusing to work a portable station if they have already worked it, and if they worked it again, the home station involved would have to submit a log. This is most unsatisfactory, and behaviour like this reflects very badly on those stations involved. Are we all so time poor that we cannot spend a couple of hours converting a paper log into a contest entry? When in fact it is actually quite a straightforward task to enter the details from your station log Using a program like VKCL, you can look that up on the internet, and then submit your log to me. In general, the contest appears to have gone quite well, despite the sometimes fierce thunderstorms that plague parts of southeastern Australia, and the overall activity looks to be comparable to last year. So do not forget to submit your log before the closing date of 19th of April. I look forward to receiving your log. Thanks for your time. Now back to Felix. Special event stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. Tony, VK7VKT, the recent president, has offered reassurance to the hams in the VK7 area about the ongoing availability of repeaters, mainly VK7 RAD on 146.7. It was being reported to him that concerns had been based around the decommissioning of VK7 RAD in preference to a digital alternative. This could not be further from the truth, the President said. In fact, if any change were to occur, it would be to make improvements to the repeater, certainly not to decommission it. 
Even if a digital option were to become available, the analogue repeaters will always be maintained and always be improved upon when required. Netherlands Special Event Station PA6USA Look for the Special Event Station PA6USA active between March the 24th and April. Activity is taking place because of the 2014 Nuclear Security Summit in The Hague, where President Obama and a US delegation will be attending. QSL via PA7DA by the Dutch Bureau. Awards. Plenty of portable activity in April. With the return of milder weather comes news that more portable activity is planned in support of a number of operating awards that are now available. Many activators and hunters working towards the various parks and cetera awards are now commonly undertaking cross-border operations. Tony Hamling, VK3VTH, will be heading to VK5 to participate in the South Australia National and Conservation Parks Activation Weekend, which is on April the 5th and the 6th. This follows visits by several VK5 activators during the Keith Roche Memorial National Parks Award activation period in November last year. It is great to see such cross-pollination of on-air activities. Tony, VK3, VTH will also use the Easter long weekend to travel to New South Wales to qualify for several other national parks and for the VK Flora and Fauna Award and also Worldwide Flora and Fauna Award. Parks to be activated include the Coastal Ben Boyd National Park, the site of the Green Cape Lighthouse and Wanbuliga National Park. Then back to BK3 National Parks for the Anzac Day weekend and into the Little Desert National Park for Saturday and Sunday, 26-27. There is very likely to be others chasing the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award, BK5 National and Conservation Parks Award, the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Award and summits on the air across Easter break. Portable operating using very small battery-powered rigs often running QRP is the most popular activity amongst radio amateurs, including foundation licence holders. A growing number of activators and hunters alike are getting involved in this great pastime. Give them a call next time you hear a portable station. I mentioned the VK5 National and Conservation Parks Award. With more here is Paul, VK5PAS. This April is the 12-month anniversary of the VK5 National and Conservation Parks Award. To celebrate the award's first birthday, a special activation weekend will be held on Saturday the 5th of April and Sunday the 6th of April 2014. This is your opportunity to join in the celebrations and activate one of South Australia's 21 national parks and 262 conservation parks. It is also a great opportunity to fill your logbook with some new parks and qualify for some of the numerous certificates on offer. At this stage, 11 amateurs will be operating portable from a total of 31 different conservation parks and four different national parks all around South Australia. This includes Tony, VK3VTH, who will be venturing across the border. If you do intend to activate a park, please advise Paul, VK5PAS, so that your call sign can be added to the activation spreadsheet which can be found on the VK5 Parks Yahoo group. The purpose of the spreadsheet is to avoid duplicate activations of the same park and allow park hunters to see who is operating from what park and when. Again, the special activation weekend is Saturday, the 5th of April, and Sunday, the 6th of April 2014. 
So please, become involved as either an activator or a hunter. More information can be found on the VK5 Parks website at www.vk5parks.weebly.com or on the AHARS website at www.ahars.com.au. Thanks for listening. I'm Paul, VK5 Papa Alpha Sierra, on behalf of the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. Thanks, Paul. And with that report, that's all from me this week. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Enningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, South Australia, it can be heard on 53.1 MHz AM at 0900 hours VK5 local time. I'm Ben, VK5 Bravo Bravo. I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's Rewind and Special Interest Group news. Beginning with Final Frontier. AMSAT DL President Peter Gulzo, DB2OS, has confirmed there will be two amateur radio transponders on the geostationary ESHAL-2 satellite planned to launch at the end of 2016. As a result of a concept proposed by the Qatar Amateur Radio Society, ESHAL-SAT, the Qatar satellite company, have announced that their new geostationary communication spacecraft will provide transponders for use by radio amateurs. A 250 kHz linear transponder intended for conventional analogue, like SSB and CW operations, in addition to another transponder, which will have an 8 MHz bandwidth. The latter transponder is intended for experimental digital modulation schemes and DVB amateur radio television. Precise uplink and downlink frequencies remain to be finalised, but both transponders will have broadbeam antennas to provide full coverage over about one-third of the Earth's surface. Now to VHF and above, a new microwave world EME record. The new world distance record for 24 GHz on the Earth-Moon-Earth path has been set with a contact between Tasmania and Britain. Rex Monker, VK7MO, and Charlie Suckling, G3WDG, bounce signals in the two-way QSO that has an official distance of 17,405.6 kilometres and put the pair in the record book. It was quite an achievement on March 5th. Rex VK7MO was located at the top of Mount Wellington near Hobart to minimise water vapour that attenuates signals at 24 GHz. The moon was close to Earth, but being also visible at both ends had to be at a low elevation, which meant the signals passed through a lot of atmosphere. EME work at 24 GHz can be highly technical, involving the right conditions, power and synchronisation. So well done to VK7MO and G3WDG. Now to rewind, a look back at history, a milestone for Prominent Radio Club, with over 300 members and priding itself on achieving progress through activity, the Westlake Amateur Radio Club in York Street, Terralba, on Lake Macquarie, 100 kilometres north of Sydney, celebrates its 50th birthday. The club was formed in 1964, but the idea had been promoted from 1960 with the late Keith Howard, VK2AKX, starting a radio hobby class at the Borrigal High School, which originally had the Westlake's call sign of VK2ATZ. The club's history makes very interesting reading and can be found on its website, but in summary, Keith VK2AKX was first involved with teaching AOCP classes and the youth radio scheme training. 
This led later to education publications. The club, with Keith as author, produced a manual of questions and answers for the novice licence, selling 30,000 copies and becoming the mainstay of knowledge needed for the then novice licence. The Westlake Summit Radio Club has always sought to spread the good word of our hobby through its public relations activity. For example, as part of its 50th anniversary, it mounted an active display at the three-day Newcastle Regional Show in late February, early March this year. Despite rain reducing the crowd, the Westlakes gang stuck it out. Because April is its 50th birthday, Westlakes is excused from being involved with the PR for Amateur Radio Expo. Do join in celebrations by contacting the club's special call sign VI2ATZ50 that will be on air throughout all of April, issuing a commemorative QSL card and also an anniversary award. Congratulations to the Westlakes Amateur Radio Club. Thanks for the contributions, including contesting, digital modes, QSLing, International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekends, fox hunting, kit building, antennas, and much, much more over the years. And that's all from me this week. Brian VK3GR signing off. Well, you know where we are. We're at the end of WIA National News. Quick look at the social scene. We'll have a look through until uh, June. April 25 in VK3, it's Anzac Day, the event at Ballarat Showgrounds. May 2 to 4 in VK4, it's Clareview Gathering. May 10 in VK4, it's Barkfest at the Salvation Army Hall, Callumvale. May 16 to 18, being held in VK4 for the entire Australian ham population, it's the WIA Conference, presented by SCARC. And June 7 to 9 in VK4, it's the big one. It's the Australian Fox Hunting Championship. That's right. June 7 to 9 in VK5, Southeast Radio Clubs, or SERG's 50th Annual Convention and the Australian Fox Hunting Championship. I'm Graham VK4BB. Until next we meet, walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.